Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, you're listening to the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm Orlando Murren and your host for today, and we are talking about figgy puddings and festive desserts. But before we get down to those juicy and delicious morsels, I wanted to ask you, Tom, do you have any favourite Christmas movies? Uh, Who doesn't love Elf? (laughs) <laughs> like honestly elf one of the greatest films ever very funny just pretty, yeah i'm a huge fan of elf do you, do you all watch that at christmas together yeah absolutely yeah it's brilliant yeah i, I love it very much and then also i think from a childhood memory and then go through now the, the like the the um the snowman you, you oh, know with yeah. alec jones exactly you know you kind of remember that as a kid and then to see that it's still so kind of relevant and engaging into the magical fantasy world of children that they just dream into it's, it's it's brilliant and it's also not too long so for a kid's point of view you can sit there you can watch it and it, and it, and, it, and it's one of those kind of like calming films um that that sits that scene that you can sit there on the sofa with the christmas tree lights on and just yeah it's it's but the, both of those are brilliant does Ashley want to watch it again and again and again after it yeah after he's, after he's seen the snowman loads yeah 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 not not quite ace is quite full on i let you he's He's not very good at sitting down for a whole movie, but the snowman <laughs> he'll do once, and then after that he'll want to play Scalectrics. Any films that you don't like at Christmas that that come on? No, I mean none, none at all. Like I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Like I never get much time to watch movies at all, anyway. So if you've got friends and family over, and and then there's a film come on, and you, you have got time to sit down and watch it, I love it. That that kind of zoning out watching a movie. It's one of the only times I get a chance to do it. So it doesn't really matter what it is. I'm a big I'm a big fan of just being able to to zone out and watch a film. But it doesn't happen very often, which is why I think I'm a, I'm a fan of anything. Anything <laughs> that I can sit there and zone out, maybe have a snooze. I watch the sound of music. Every Year, and I'm every year amazed how long it is. It goes on for hours and hours and hours. But I mean, they're, they're lovely hours. But boy, I've got to be honest. Story. I've never seen it. Never seen it to the end, or never seen it at all. Never seen it at you all. Know the, the, tunes, the, the moment Tom. I know it's that long. Now my <laughs> wife is all over the movies, Christmas movies. She'll watch all sort of like absolutely loves it. Me, I honestly, I. I 
I no, it's something that goes on that long. I mean, there's things to do. There's 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 food to cook. There's, there's walks to go on. There's dogs to take to the park. There's bikes to ride. There's yeah, like a four hour movie is not my thing. What dogs do we have in the carriage house? We have two French bulldogs. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, they're oh, and they're and they're great. What, what, what color in, are they? One's black and one's white, and what one is very very sociable and really wants to be around people massively. The other one, um, she is like a stroppy teenager and just likes to go and sit in a room. Are they girl bulldogs or boys? both female? Yeah, oh, yeah. both female. Well, mm. what one's been with us from a puppy from ages, and the other one's a rescue. Ah, oh. um, and what would you eat during your film? that you are uh, having to interrupt because you found something more interesting to do any any kind of film snacks M- mince pies absolute winner cups of coffee absolute winner um things like um uh, kind of like cheese straws these snacks those all of those kind of like christmas treat sort of stuff they're they're the perfect things to be having whilst watching a movie big bowls of it that everyone can dump their hands in and grabs handfuls of it are there any uh guilty food pleasures that you have that you're ashamed and wouldn't want our podcast audience to know about absolutely none no i honestly i'm i'm not embarrassed about whatever because they're all you know if you're a foodie right that which is fine you 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 live it you, no, you don't all live in this world that constantly is living all this lovely kind of food that's in the magazines listen there is nothing wrong with childhood reminiscence of chocolate oranges or mint matchmakers or really advent calendar chocolate or you know all of those sort of things they're all the amazing magical things about christmas it doesn't always have to be about this wonderful produce it can be childhood reminiscent memories of things that just you know so there is nothing to be embarrassed about no matter what it is whether it's whether it's the i don't know cheap cheese that's grated and grilled and you have as a toasty with whatever cranberry sauce or like it really doesn't matter because they're, they're all the magical things that make up christmas it's not always about having the most wonderful stuff it's because all of that stuff makes the most wonderful times oh that's very very warm and cuddly <laughs> to hear now we must talk about the christmas pudding speaking of warm and cuddly um, it's a strange piece of food to have after a large roast meal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you put it like that, it's ridiculous. It, I mean, it, it looks it looks unusual. It tastes unusual, and it's quite solid, isn't it? And yet, yet we love it. Do you love it? <laughs> I absolutely do love it. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, it's beautiful I, for a couple of reasons. I, I think. One, because it really does sum up Christmas for me because you don't really have, you wouldn't have it any other time. And it's one of those things you just go, great, this is it. It's now, it's Christmas day and I'm having this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that in July when you got friends coming over and you go, well, what should we have for pudding? After a I barbecue. Know, yeah, after a barbecue, <laughs> let's have a steamed suet pudding that's been cooked for four hours until it goes a rich, thick, a deep flavoured, full of spices and, and dried fruit. You just, it's just one of those things that you have at Christmas. And for that reason, I love it because it does mean that you're there that's the day it's arrived it's fantastic um but yeah well like you say like that it is quite a bizarre thing it's it's not a it's not a refreshing dessert to end there's nothing light about it it's it's substantial that's you, for you certain don't spring away from the table after that do you what no are, what, what are the characteristics of a, a good christmas pudding for you what are you looking for and uh, flavor wise they're all fairly similar but you want it 
you want a balance of sweetness uh, and richness and you want the the lovely fruit that comes through it but for me a lot of it is about texture i don't want it too crumbly i want it where it's been steamed and the suet's almost gone sticky and it's quite very very rich i'd rather it where it says steam for three hours i'd rather steam it for four or five and just really just make sure that it's got that wonderful kind of um gooey sticky structure to it and don't like dark, it crumbly dark really dark, dark. the darker the so better caramelized yeah exactly everything that's been cooked for such a long time and gently boiled and steamed away and just enriched in flavor that's uh, that's that's for me is, is, is everything becomes even more intensified and that's where i love it the most and which spices that go through it. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an array, isn't it? It's all spice. It's nutmeg. It's cinnamon. It's cloves. It's everything that's kind of all mixed in together. It's ground ginger. Everything that's mixed together for me. And and the way that they all get mixed, it, it becomes its. It takes on its own structure. There isn't anything that you want too much, too pungent. Although I am always wary of cloves. I love cloves. I think they they're, they're great, but you're always always very careful with them. So you'd always use less cloves than less ground cloves than the other things always less i mean yeah. how would you balance so would you put in cinnamon people tend to use quite generously i know that you're a keen nutmeg man so you'd use ge nutmeg generously mace and allspice with those mace we're coming down spice, we're coming yeah, down a little great. bit allspice is very very good for it and, and do you know what it's even five spice if you haven't got allspice chinese five spice works really nicely as well um, cinnamon is great, but ginger is the one that's really good for me as well. It, it really does kind of enhance. It's kind of got a warmth and a it heat warms, to it that works. It, yeah. That works really, really well. But so, say for putting for eight people, how much? Because I'm worried now about your clothes because we don't want to ruin your Christmas pudding for you. How much? ground clothes would you put in for, for eight to be honest i wouldn't put more than a half a teaspoon like i really wouldn't like it, 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 it let the other spices do the work the clothes of this really kind of punch through right at the end so i wouldn't go too heavy on them at all it's an amazing smell but it is a bit medicinal if you're if you're not careful very, it very... kind of kind of cuts through now um we could have a big argument at this point because i know that they've been going crazy on bbc good food together the facebook group about what you should serve a christmas pudding with so, what should we serve it with? You can have you can have anything you want. You can have brandy butter. You can have cream. You can have clotted cream. You can have custard, or all of the above. Hundred percent. What are you arguing about? Just put what you want with it. That, like there is a there is no wrongs here. It's Christmas you're day. You just, have what you you're want. You're just trying to be Mister Popular here, so Not that they all. all love you. To be honest, but, like, but this is very polarizing. No, People, you can polarize on a, on a scone or a scone. You can polarize on jam on or cream on first. On Christmas Day, with Christmas pudding, is put what you want on it. I mean, honestly, it all works really, really nicely. Like, if you want it with warm custard, delicious, amazing. If you want it with cold ice cream, that also works really well. I didn't even mention that one. There yeah. you go, Lee. If yeah. you want it with, if you want it with brandy butter, which is probably the only time of the year that you're going to use brandy butter as well. I'm a big fan of that because you've got the Christmas pudding that you're only pretty much having on that day. Brandy butter that you're pretty much only having on that day. It's the dessert that exists for one day of the year. That's what I'd have it with. But then at the same point, if you went back for seconds, I might then go, right, I'll have it with custard now, or I might have it with uh, a little bit of creme 
fresh or I might have it with uh, just some straight, I don't know, uh, vanilla ice cream. Who knows? But honestly, it really is completely up to you. Like, uh, it's it, no one should be arguing about that on Christmas Day. <laughs> There's more things to argue about, like Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy butter, that's another funny thing because, I mean, what's all that about? It's like butter with sugar and brandy in it and then it melts into the christmas pudding i mean as if this needs further enriching or embellishing it's, yeah, it's a see, very strange thing isn't it it is because it does it does melt like you're putting butter on toast it's not the same as if it was a custard or a cream that sits alongside it it doesn't you know the the the, the christmas pudding absorbs it so you know it, which is probably a good excuse to have the two things you could have brandy butter and <laughs> custard you know, and then then you, you're doing double white things la layer them up <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all of them, one after the other. Um, what do you think about these novelty-flavored Christmas puddings that you're seeing? You get chocolate ones or orange one. There's a, there's this trend to to kind of um, custom, well, not customize, custodize them, customize them to to <laughs> to make them kind of modernize. See, I think them. you let everybody know what you have with your Christmas <laughs> no, pudding. I, then I, have, no, I no. have I have clotted cream <laughs> because I'm from Devon, so I have the clotted cream. But do you think those? It's a bit unnecessary. Necessary to to embellish the idea of a, a Christmas pudding with a with a, an idea on top of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for, for when it comes to Christmas pudding, I'm very much a traditionalist. I very much like the way that it sits, the way that it is, what it, it you know that it represents that time of year, and and for me, it's that special part of the day. But I do completely understand why people that it really does split people. Lots of people don't like Christmas pudding. You know, they want something else. It's that like if you want pudding on Christmas Day, why are you forcing yourself to have something that you just don't like? So I understand why people would do a, a chocolate style pudding or a, a, a different flavor of something or so i kind of get it you know there isn't anything wrong with it there, and to be honest this christmas day where there will be definitely two desserts there there will be christmas pudding and something else that i would have made however i'm not quite sure what it is yet probably chocolate because we'll have we've got the the nieces and the cousins and my little man around and he's definitely not a christmas pudding fan so there'll have to be something for everyone else to enjoy that doesn't go for the Christmas pudding. Um, do you serve Christmas pudding in the restaurant in some shape or form? Yeah, every now and then we do. We do. We, we might do it as a souffle. Sometimes we'll do it as um, a little gift of when people leave. Sometimes we'll do it um, like a parfait. We'll do different things, but we don't really do it as a... Because we don't do Christmas lunch really anywhere. We do seasonal dishes. We embrace British game. We embrace pe pheasant and partridge. And we do I, we, the, the way, the, the, the kind of pubs and the restaurants that we run, they're not very, we don't do that Christmas fair. Then you go in there for a Christmas lunch. You're going there for a seasonal lunch. And, and again, Christmas pudding is a flavor. So we use it as a flavor thing that it might be Christmas pudding ice cream served with a vanilla parfait or a whatever else. So, so yes, it gets served or those flavors get served in a form, but not necessarily straight christmas pudding. and you might not light it or do you do you sometimes light it in the restaurants no, no 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 not, not in, in the restaurant, restaurant. that's but, a health and safety thing i'd only do that at home when the family's there <laughs> <laughs> but you do light it with the family do you 100 how, how do you do that yeah well I, we wouldn't do it in the restaurants just because um you've got to be reliant on everybody else not to burn themselves and i'd hate to do that but i definitely around the family i'd set fire to stuff i don't mind doing that in my own house you know it's a I, I, and i do it you've got to do it safely obviously um uh, but at the same, you, you, it, it is one of those exciting things, isn't it? It's a, you know, turn the what, lights out, turn the light. lights down like a like a birthday cake coming in. Isn't it so you do it. So you put your Christmas pudding, the 
steamed and cooked and you turn it out and I would do it into a bowl, not on a plate that's got slight lips on it around the outside, okay? Because then what you're going to do is you warm the brandy or whichever liqueur it is that you're going to light, okay? So it's got to be something that's around 40% proof so that it could be whiskey if you wanted it to. It could but be. It would, you couldn't be, a, it couldn't be something like a Grand Marnier because it's not, not strong enough, is that right? No, Grand Marnier would light, but so that it, okay. you... Um, so but, you look for that 40% proof? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. Grand Marnier, Drambuie, they would work also, but you know, I would definitely do it. I would do it as a brandy and you warm it gently on the stove in a saucepan, then light that with um, one of those like can long stick candle lighters. That would be fine. Yeah. I mean, or a blowtorch if you've got one of those, whatever it is, you light it there and then you pour that liquid over the top of the warm Christmas pudding. And then if it flows out over the top or over the sides, what it then does is it's then just sat into that kind of like looped up or eared dish. And then as you take it to the table and if you wanted to, you could then ladle some more of the flaming liquor over the top of it as you sit there and everyone takes photographs and you wait for it to burn itself out. Because if you don't put too much on, you get all the flames, you get all the fun. And then once the alcohol has evaporated, it goes out naturally. You haven't got to throw a wet tea towel over it. Or don't worry, okay? <laughs> Okay, it will go out, but just don't go crazy on it. I think the putting it in a bowl is probably the best tip that we can give people, so it doesn't flow onto the table and ignite all your Christmas yeah. decorations, all those inflammable yeah. things. Set fire to your crackers. Yeah. <laughs> what a laugh that's going to be. Do you put <laughs> coins in, in your Christmas pudding? No, see, I, I haven't done that for ages, but I remember as a child, my nan doing that. And you, you put um, coins wrapped in baking parchment into the Christmas yeah. pudding. And and you might, and they used to be shillings. I mean, that's how old I am. That, like, I mean, I don't Sixpences as yeah, well. Sixpences or shillings. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I never used to, I, th I think, they weren't being used anymore. But I remember like she had a, a stack of old coins and she used to wrap them in, in baking parchment. And, you know, if you were lucky enough, you'd find one in there. I don't know quite what that meant. That might be your gift at the time, you know, what it represented. I just remember being about five and find, finding a wrapped up coin in me Christmas pudding. There's a kind of choking hazard there somehow, isn't <laughs> there? But it's such a nice idea. I seem to remember my mother um, poking them in after the thing had been unmoulded, then they got poked in the coins ah, okay. which is probably a kind of shortcut way yeah um and they do need some kind of wrapping or cleaning i would have thought don't they yeah but it's, a, it's a nice idea you don't want to crunch on one that's the the only thing um just on the to finish with the pudding um would you boil it or would you be tempted to microwave it no i would steam mine i would steam uh, it. yeah naturally i would steam mine and steam it for even if it's been one of those one that's been bought and you 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 buy one from the shop that's already been cooked they say you can microwave it that's fine but i like the idea of it I, like i mentioned earlier i like when it's slightly over overcooked and you know and it goes all gooey and rich and dark and you'll get that much more from it being steamed in a saucepan you know with an upturned plate in the bottom and just to keep adding the water to it rather than it being microwave that cooks from the middle outwards you know so it, it, i definitely steam it but the microwave works really well just to get it warm but i like the idea of it being on bubbling away for another couple of hours and of course if you really want a dark crust on it you let the water boil away completely don't you and right off your saucepan as well at the same time i mean yeah you you could do that i i mean <laughs> yeah I, I what i would say is i would do that turn it out and then bake it in the oven that's what i would do i think um i think that's a safer option now you you can hear some clambering about here it is because we have that blissful moment when we get something to eat and we are eating because not not christmas pudding we're actually eating a chocolate alternative which is a festive frozen chocolate parfait of tom's creation made for us 
by the lovely Liberty. And this is a wonderful kind of, it's like a chocolate biscuit cake gone mad, isn't it? It's like a fridge cake, isn't it? It's kind of like the thing that you put, mm. bash mm. everything up and put it in the fridge. Mm. Except it's that parfait. Mm. And it does feel very festive, doesn't it? Mm. Feels, it does I, feel special, delicious. I can't talk for a minute because it's quite sticky, isn't it? Mm. That's the beautiful thing about frozen parfaits, mm. that texture. And then the trick to this is the honey. It's the honey that works really nicely through it. Chocolate is a obvious alternative to the Christmas pudding, partly because it, it's the same colour as the Christmas pudding. But um, it's it's also got that richness problem, if you like, of the turkey, that do you really want to have a great big chocolate pudding either? Well, this is the thing at Christmas, isn't it? Everything is super rich. Everything is super... I mean... It fills you up massively, doesn't it? I mean, the nice thing about it being a frozen dessert is you can slice what you need and the rest of it stays in the freezer. That's yeah, it. You can yeah. take it as and when you need it. What about cheesecakes and things like that? Would you, Some people are doing caramel cheesecakes or orangey cheesecakes. Again, beautiful. I love the idea of it. Particularly, the great thing about cheesecakes is that they take flavours on really nicely. You could do one with some spice in through it, some of those Christmas spices and the oranges. And it does make it feel very, very Christmassy. You can get the, the cheesecakes hold those sort of flavours beautifully. So, yeah, absolutely. I haven't got anything wrong with doing a, a Christmas pudding plus an alternative. And trifle. Where do you stand on trifle, apart from loving it, as we all love trifle? Would you have that on Boxing Day? Trifle would be great on Boxing Day. That's also something made beautifully that you can do with the kids. So you can layer it. You can make it. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. You can make trifle look beautiful if you wanted to. But it's all about layering in those flavours, getting the jelly right, getting the thick custard on it, the oh, whipped cream. Oh, you have cream. jelly now. Not everyone has jelly in their, in their trifle. You have so so. 100%. I have a little You have the person. sponge fingers with orange juice with a little personal sherry and, uh -huh. then, and then you have some fruit do you what what does your trifle consist of it can be tin fruit i'm a big fan of the use of tin fruit there's nothing wrong with that mandarin oranges or, absolutely 100 yeah, yeah. because that is the flavor of a, of a trifle over christmas yeah. and then a jelly like a raspberry jelly set in it then a thick custard again it's reminiscent of minan you know the idea of using a bird's custard you know that thick custard powder is beautiful and then whipped up cream over the top Hundreds and thousands. I mean, it probably... Oh, hundreds and thousands. We had um, toasted almonds and lumps of angelica, the bright green angelica, and cherries as well. Definitely but you toasted almonds and thousands. as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely toasted almonds as well. They, they really do bring that nuttiness to it. It's great. And then what about cheese? We've had a lot of chat on the BBC Good Food Together Facebook group about cheese. People wanting advice on cheese boards, um, whether they should serve cheese boards, what a cheese board should consist of. And they seem to want some help with this. Is that a this year thing? I, I never thought particularly of worrying too much about cheese because you don't have to have a cheese board at Christmas dinner, or do you? Cheese is really good. We always have it in our house every year. And it's because one of those things that you, you see, it's quite weird one to have on Christmas Day because you bring it out on Christmas Day and you let it come to room temperature and then you have your Christmas lunch and then you have your, 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 your Christmas pudding and then nobody wants the cheese because it's too full. You're too full. But that's great for Christmas Day night. So if you've had your lunch and then by nine o'clock at night, you just fancy something a little bit snacky or suppery. Cheeses are great. Sometimes it's good to just do one great cheese. So Otherwise, what, what, it's really... what would you choose for your hero cheese? A cheddar. 
always a really good strong cheddar and amazing because it, it's a crowd pleaser. Any, anyone in particular or, or just a good from the southwest of England? Well, uh, something, something from the southwest of England. <laughs> a, a really good double Gloucester or a single Gloucester is amazing. Anything that comes through that's got a real punch to it, a salty acidity. I mean, there, there's things like that. good strong Lancashire cheeses are also very, very good as well. Those two areas of the country make brilliant, brilliant cheddars. Um, but what you want is something that it kind of pleases everyone because it has structure, because you can slice it, you can grate it, you can do whatever else. But it's got that it works really well with chutneys. But if I was going to do a cheese selection, you could. Everyone goes, oh, I love. I don't really like a goat's cheese, but you buy goat's cheese because it, it, it you you're putting together a complete cheese board. But so if you're going to swerve one, I would swerve the goat's cheese, right? Because it's it's not not everybody likes it. So. I would always do a washed rind cheese. So you have the French have the, the most famous one. I suppose the biggest flavor from it is like an apoise, which is really strong. And But the British version of something like that is some, a stinking bishop cheese, which is absolutely delicious. And it's nowhere near as pungent and as strong as it, as it used to be because it's now um, pasteurized rather than it used to be unpasteurized. But it still has this great flavor. It's got a, it's a lovely texture. A, a really good um, Somerset style brie is absolutely Absolutely delicious. There's a great cheese called Baron Bigod, which is delicious, which is a brie style cheese and fantastic. <clears throat> then you need a, a blue. So for me, Stilton is great, but there's things like there's a wonderful Irish cheese called Cashel Blue, which is rich and creamy and absolutely delicious. Um, and, and, and a cheddar. So a blue, a cheddar, a washed rind, and then a brie. And then and then you kind of tick all the boxes for everybody, you know, and, and it works so, so nicely. And not too much of any of them. You don't want to have ton, uh, tons of them, so you can't even carry the with them on no that's it so, exactly it depends so, how many people you've got there but the good thing about cheese is again it keeps and it's the yeah. sort of thing that you can put you can put into omelets you can put into things you know you can make things with it afterwards you can make lovely cheese and rich creamy sauces to go with pasta you can do whatever but yeah no don't buy too much don't buy excessively but buy good buy really good straight big pungent and 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 if you can british cheeses which are exceptional and they're really good they've got them in the supermarkets now not just but you you know you find them online there's a, and if you order them now before christmas you'll definitely get them i think the the kind of selection boxes that you see are a bit of a shame because i, I mean they're going to be when they do the cheese board for you that takes the fun out of it really because you're not selecting it yourself yeah if you're very if you're lucky enough to have a good cheese um monger near you you can get in there and talk to them and have a good chat about it but you can find it on Online. But actually, some of the bigger supermarkets they really do have quite good cheese, cheese selections. Counters. Yeah, yeah, cheese exactly. counters. Yeah, so so take your life in your hands. By the way, you mentioned epoise. You know that it's illegal to take epoise on public transport in France because of its aroma. Because how strong it smells! <laughs> yeah. Wow, it can it can stink out a bus or an aeroplane epoise. Yeah, so, uh, it, you, you can hide it in the middle of your luggage. It still finds its way out. There is yeah. something in there that they should isolate what that is because it's. Pervasive. It's the washed rind. It's the way. That's yeah, what's happening. It, it, is yeah, it? it's, yeah. It's, yeah, but it's amazing. And what would you serve with your cheese board? Because we want our our listeners to be completely covered on this. Would it be biscuits, crackers, bread, apple, chutney, or all of these? 
all of the above. Like I love fruit. For me, I love grapes with it. I love grapes and celery go really nicely. So you get sweetness, you get a crunch and, and, and crispness of vegetables that come through with the celery, which is delicious. Crackers are really, really good. I'm a big fan of crackers with it because they're very simple. They they hold the flavor. They hold the cheese really nicely. They give a texture and a crunch. Chutneys are amazing. Um, and, and bread, I mean, I am a fan of bread with it, but you've got to have kind of nice like walnut bread or really lovely kind of crisp French baguette style bread. And is that something that you can get fresh on the day, on Christmas day? Probably not. So I would say your safest bet is a selection of crackers. And butter or not? Uh, and cheese? No, I'm, no, no. no. I mean, okay. I, I mean, that's like, that's like double dairy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can tell you're from Devon. <laughs> No, I've just asked a polite question. Do you have butter? <laughs> I have been known to. It depends on the cheese. If it's a drier cheese, it sticks a bit of cheese to the to the cracker. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's, it's there's a purpose to it. It kind of cements everything together. In that case, then yes, I'll have butter. <laughs> if you've just okayed it. <laughs> now I've got a, a question for you now, which is: um, I want you to imagine that it's the middle of the night. You. You wake up, you're hungry, um, no one else is around, and you, um, this is over Christmas, so you've got a, a fridge with wonderful things there. What will be your midnight snack, your little solo Tom Carey, this is, this is for me, no one ever need know about this apart from our podcast audience. Is this pre or post Christmas day? Let's have a pre and a post. Okay, pre Christmas, then it would just be some of the cheese or maybe a little bit of smoked salmon that you might have there for breakfast. So you'll trim that off and it won't be noticed. Uh, the the, the, the it, corner is missing. Exactly. You or the packet's take, you, been opened. You could take it. Oh, yeah, but no, but it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You could then rewrap it in cheese paper and just make it look like okay. so cheese. Um, You're going to get away with it. I'll allow that. Easy to get away with. And then post um, is cold pigs in blanket covered in english mustard so like like properly like uh properly like covered in english mustard like it's really hot the the yellow kind the yellow kind the really strong potent comes from norfolk mustard so when you've eaten this delicious sounding snacks and do you feel guilty or pleased with yourself Never guilty. No. <laughs> and what about Beth? When she comes down in the morning and, as I say, finds this kind of, that there's been an infiltration of the refrigerator, does she tell you off or is she... She won't. She wouldn't even notice me. Honestly, she's fine. I'd be very... I'm very good at covering my tracks. <laughs> <laughs> she's a very nice woman, though, isn't she? <laughs> well, with that, I'm hoping that we can find a, a cracker to uh, to explode or one each okay. and this is the cracker where i always end up with the gifts and toys and yeah you've won again <laughs> yeah it's something to do with your technique do, do you or think, they've been or, or they've maybe been you're maybe up. you're cheating there we go <laughs> but as you, you can have the hilarious joke okay Tom. let's see what the joke is in this one i've got um i've got uh i've got a sticker that says head elf Head yeah. out. Oh, that's good Head for you, elf. though. That, oh, yeah. Your favourite movie. Favourite movie. Say that for the, while you're watching the movie. And my joke is, how does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? How does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? It's one that's deep pan, crisp and even. 
Oh, that's quite good, actually. No, it's not. <laughs> Better than mine. I'm not going to read that out. Um, well, <laughs> is that it? Yours is so bad that you're yeah, not going to yeah. read it out. I, is it this one here? No, I'm no, read. no. Actually, I don't quite. I don't get it. Out. That's it. <laughs> I don't. No, I'm embarrassed that I don't understand. Now, I don't, come on, now you've got to read it out. Okay, where does Santa keep his money? A snowbank. <laughs> is that? Is that funny? What? A what? A snowbank? A snowbank, yeah. Snowbank. Uh, Maybe it's that bank of snow. I see it. Oh, dear. What a terrible note to end on. And we were, we were having such festive fun there. We've had desserts. We've had figgy puddings. We've had chocolate. We've had chestnuts that we're roasting around our open fire. And we end up with a bad joke. Thank you very much indeed, Tom. I wish everyone the most delicious, juicy Christmas pudding, bursting with coins and flames, but not dangerous flames. And um, thank you from us. Happy Christmas. And that was the BBC Good Food Christmas podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.